Welcome back to Real Phonies, where we take a love for movies and television and combine it with very little knowledge about movies and television. I'm your host, Christian. Join with me are my co-host, Joseph. Yellow. And Jay Hugh. I don't I think that was a stronger caca than last week. It uh, was. I, well, you 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 did your intro really fast, so I tried to do a fast caca. Ah. Well, maybe we'll have a fast episode then. <laughs> uh here to talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. If you're saying, hey, haven't these guys done this before? You're right. We only did the first two episodes though. So But but holy shit, how glad I am that we decided on this and not the Oscars. Yeah, God, the Oscars were bad. I couldn't talk for more than two minutes about the Oscars. I wrote down all of our fucking things, but I refused to take the time to even check on them. Hurt, you were right. No one should have won any of them. The whole thing sucked. (laughs) It makes me never want to do the Oscars again. Yep. See, this is the first year I really would have probably enjoyed talking about the Oscars because it was such a fiasco. I enjoy a good fiasco. That's the correct word for it. After that trivia bit, I was done. I will never watch the Oscars again. That was awful. I'm not sure that I will either. So Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, uh, I and I, Joseph, I'm proud of you for admitting that because I know last week you were really torn. I was, and I was wrong. Yeah, uh, yeah, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, do we want to hit a, a like a synopsis of the whole show, or are we just going to do it episode by episode? Because that feels tedious. That does seem kind of tedious. I mean, we've done the first two episodes, uh, but we can kind of do a, a brief overview of the whole show if, if you feel up to it. You're the best synopsizer. I definitely don't think these episodes have enough of an identity like WandaVision did to do each episode separately. I agree with that. Uh, This is very much like a a, a two, I probably, I guess it's more like a four hour movie um, where I guess the the whole show really is Falcon can be both Falcon and Bucky coming to terms with who they're supposed to be um, going up against the flag smashers and then competing with uh, the new Captain America uh, on a globe-trotting adventure, eventually ending in New York City with everyone accepting who they're supposed to become. Uh, you know, I'm interested to hear how you how you guys felt about this show because there are things that I really, really loved and things I I really didn't care for, and I, I wonder if you guys feel the same. So take a crack at it. Oh, I don't know. I'm 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 in a similar boat. I think I think I liked it overall. Uh, you know, I think we'll get into the details of of what worked and what didn't. I think it was capable and did coast on the things that worked, but it was a bit of a, uh, what's the expression? The the building the airplane as you're flying it is kind yes. of how it felt to me. Yep. Mm. Uh, I would add, I'd, I'd add a follow-on question, Joseph, for you. And Jehu, I want you to answer it as well. Now that we know that these guys are making Captain America 4, were you excited for that announcement after finishing this show or were you apprehensive by these guys? Do you mean the actors or do you mean, what do you mean? Malcolm Spellman, the guy who wrote this show is making Captain America. Oh, that makes me really fucking nervous. (laughs) Okay. Jehu on to you. Same questions. Uh, You know, I, I doesn't make me as nervous because there are things that I think could have done better on this show, but, I think they would have been done better if you trim the fat down to a two hour movie and had yep. like a movie budget, you know, a lot of, a lot of, and we'll get into it when we go closer, but a lot of my problems towards the end of it are visual and you know, those wouldn't have been a problem if this was a movie. Yeah. I, th- you know, I think my problems are very similar. I'm not sure TV show is the best format for this story. Um, a lot of the problems that I had with the first couple episodes, I still kind of have. I think this probably needed 
some fat trimmed a little bit. I also think we really needed to weigh our scenes and and figure out which ones get the point across the best and maybe give those a bit more time. And instead of having four or five minute scenes, tell me the same thing, like one 10 minute scene. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me that thing. My problems with it are like not the points the show tries to make. It's not the character introductions. I actually think all that stuff is really, really great. Mm. And they do a great job with that stuff. I just don't think it was made well. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. Like it just especially compared to like WandaVision, where like the production of and it's unfair. I get it. It's unfair. But the production is so such an important element in WandaVision and it all fits together really well that this just kind of feels like we did. It kind of feels like Zack Snyder's Justice League and that we don't know what to cut. We just want to keep it all in there and Uh we'll just make it as long as possible. And I I, I don't know. I didn't like that part. After saying I'm not worried about these guys doing a movie, I should say that the best part of this was the middle section. The middle section was awesome. But I also feel like if you turn this into a movie, that'd be the part you would trim down. So I don't know. I, I guess I do have some misgivings there. What was your what was your favorite episode? I mean, I think my favorites were three and four, probably neck and neck. I really yeah. liked those two, uh, you know, at that because, you know, when when we did the first two, we talked about how, you know, uh, this, this is really kind of hard to talk about this. It's a fun action show, but there's not a lot to say. And then right after that, it really amped up. And then for me, it just slowed down again. I think, I think, I think four is, is the one for me also. The thing that I, I struggle with, well, I mean, there's a lot of things I struggle with. But I think kind of the biggest issue that I see that, I don't see being corrected in a movie format is for a show that's very largely about, you know, like you said, kind of accepting uh, an identity or a role. I don't think that they do a good job of figuring out who anyone's identity is in, in these movies. Like there's not a clear uh, uh, motivation or drive for a lot of the characters, including some of the main ones, but particularly, you know, as we get, as we spread out into more tertiary characters, like your Sharon Carter's and, fucking John Walker and John Walker's wife for some reason. Um, (laughs) And it, you know, I I don't, I don't know that it needs to be like super complicated, but I I don't even think this, this, you know, it fills out kind of like your hero's journey checks of like the conflict between want and need and that kind of thing. I, I just don't think that there's enough, characterization for almost anybody uh i would say the closest to to it is bucky in the series uh and so i I don't think i think one that robs it of a lot of like what would be interesting conflict because the the people don't really have that much you know there's fighting but there's not like ideology to fight over uh and two it, it just it really robs us of like character growth throughout the series because there's never really a strong characterization at any point I I kind of agree with you and I kind of disagree with you. I think that it's there. I think it's paced weird. And I think the best example of that is Sam for me, because I really liked episode five. I think episode five, when Bucky and Sam come back to the United States, I think that's a strong episode. But I think the beginning of the show doesn't provide near enough information as to why Sam gives up the shield. Mm. I, I think it just it's just like, here's where he at, he's at. And he kind of feels iffy about it. And I don't really, I don't know. It just doesn't feel earned. And then like episode five, that conversation with Isaiah Bradley, I think 
does give good motivation to it. It's something we probably should have had earlier in the show. So I, see, think I, it, I, th- I think that's an interesting motivation. But here's my question is the, is the, the follow up. How did you feel about his justification for kind of, you know, going the reverse direction that I uh, fuck now I'm going to fuck it up. Is that Isaiah Bradley? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Isaiah, the, the opposite direction, you know, uh, uh, as far as like, you know, how to solve the problem as Isaiah Bradley, you know, like, I feel like that conversation is just him talking to his sister. like, you're going to listen to that, what that old man tells you. And he goes, well, what does it, what does it mean if, you know, all this stuff that came before doesn't mean anything. And that's not a justification to me. That's nothing. I I think it's an interesting perspective, but I, I actually talked with a black man about this. uh, You are are already in dangerous fucking territory on our podcast right now. Uh, Last night, I mean, Landers Frazier and I were hanging out last night and I asked him what he thought about this uh, show and what it meant for Sam to become Cap. And and he, we talked about this scene and he said that he's lived like that exact moment before because his mom, his mom was born in 1955 and she grew up in a period of desegregation. Like while she was going to school, she can remember schools being desegregated. And so she has like a natural distrust of people and it's deserved and so he's like you know where how do i stand and have this conversation with someone when i haven't had the same life experiences and i see the answer differently than they do and how do you balance that conversation and he really connected with that moment and he really connected with sam in that moment so i mean it's i think it's probably kind of tough when we haven't had those conversations to understand the weight and heaviness of them but Probably that's conversations that it, the generation, our current generation of black men and women have had with their parents or grandparents and probably felt pretty similar to both Sam and Isaiah Bradley in that moment. Yeah. But to that, to that point, don't you feel like it would be helpful to have like uh, for a show that, uh, that likes to tell and not show a lot of the time to have him kind of have a little thing about why he sees where Isaiah Bradley's coming from, but his life experience leads him to make a different decision. This kind of goes to the point I'm making, though, about there being five short scenes telling me something versus one or two longer scenes, because I agree with you. I think the problem is it's just cut up weird across the show. I think if we had had that scene with Isaiah Bradley earlier in the show and even the same conversation with him and his sister, but longer and more spread out later in the show, like if he's if he's weighing that very early on and this is why he's choosing to remain to be Falcon this conversation later on of his life experience and how being Falcon isn't actually solving the problem maybe can affect it. I I just don't think I I agree with you. I think the, I think the show touches on these things. Well, I don't think it just develops. That's exactly right. I think, I think it, I I love the intention. I think like it wants to talk about the right things. I just don't think it does. Yeah. I, I think I, again, I think more time in specific moments, Again, it's unfair to compare to WandaVision. WandaVision made really poignant moments at the right times. That's why those moments really stuck out. This kind of makes poignant moments in weird times and doesn't give them enough time to develop. And it, I don't know. It, 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 it feels like a miss, not so much in writing, but in structure and maybe a better director or a better showrunner. I don't know. But Well, you know, as far as how it handles race, and me and Sarah were talking about this, is that you know, HBO Watchmen really set a high bar for dealing with race in uh, in a um, in a in like a superhero TV show. Like you wouldn't have thought that a superhero TV show would be such a great format for doing that. 
but that show was Partic- awesome. Particularly Watchmen as a property. Right. Yeah. And so when it, uh, you know, like things that have done it afterwards, it seemed kind of silly. Like, uh, like when, um, Umbrella Academy tried to do it. I love that show, but it seemed silly when it tried to touch on that stuff. This is the, I don't think it did it as well as Watchmen, but it never felt silly. So, you know, yeah, I agree I, with I, that. I think, I think it did. A, I think it did a pretty good job of it, of still trying to have it be also a light Disney Marvel superhero adventure. I'm just, I'm just glad that they didn't avoid it. That, yeah that they they were willing to have that conversation and address those things in this show um because it definitely is is something they would have stayed away from yeah this is very much something we were talking about when we talked about uh superman movie that's kind of the jj abrams tanahasi coats one is a lot of the stuff that they address in this uh that you know i hope that they will will touch on in the superman movie uh but you know i i don't think you can avoid it i think again by avoiding it you're also like kind of taking a stance on what it means to be black in America, I guess. Right. Yeah. Uh, so outside of the structural things, what I think are the major problems, I do wish that they hadn't blown so much of the budget on that opening sequence because I wanted the, the final confrontation to be a bit more flashy. Man, they spent all their money on the helicopter scene. That's what I'm saying. Sam, in Sam's suit. That's it. There was no more budget after that. How do we feel about that suit shit? So I'm, I'm sidetracking from my own sidetrack, but how well, do we feel yeah, about I, that suit? I, I was going to save that to the last. Okay, we'll I'm, save I'm, that for later. That's fine. Yeah, I, I agree. They, that for, the action in the first episode was so much better than any other action in the rest of the thing. Uh, you know, I mean, there were, there were good like fight scenes and shit, but when we got to that last episode, it really reminded me of... Uh, uh, you know, the Game of Thrones episode where it was too dark to see anything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I thought a lot of, like there was a lot of action in that episode that I was like, I can't tell what's going on in here because it's too dark. Yeah. I, that final fight scene, Ian and I were texting a lot about this. How much, how, how much better would this show if you left everything the same and you just didn't have the flag smashers in it? Yeah, like, no, 100 percent. It, it I think, for example, you could have made you could have given the exact same motivation to John Walker, like when he feels he goes on a mission as Captain America, does goes too far and gets betrayed by his own people who coincidentally seem like the same people who are on this ERC council, like the same senator has all the same has all the jobs, yeah, yeah. apparently <laughs> right. um, that he could be the one to go in and try to get revenge against these people. And Sam and Bucky have to stop him. And I think that would be more compelling because he's a better villain. Like he's just more yeah. interesting. Yeah. I, the Flag Smashers don't really add anything to the show. And then it, besides giving me fun Baron Zemo moments, they kind of detract from it. Well, I think we can probably agree that the best thing about this show was Zemo, right? Like oh, he's he so was so good. He was so much fun. And my, you know, when I talk about the middle part is the best, it's probably because the middle part is Zemo. Yeah, that's you true. Know? Um, uh, yeah, I think that I definitely think you could have had more of John Walker, more of Zemo and just cut the flag smashers out. And I think the reason they probably didn't do that is because they're sitting up for other stuff with, uh, you know, those two characters. And this is going to be the first time I say this about a Marvel movie, but maybe that isn't always the way to go. Maybe you should be focused on the thing you're doing right now. Mm. It definitely has felt again, Ian and I were texting about this, that this, these two shows feel like they're solely their sole purpose right now is to set up secret invasion 
and the Thunderbolts. Yes. Like, that's where Def- I've gotten so far um, out of these shows. And I don't know that I realized it while I was watching them, but when I got to the end, I, I don't know that I felt a lot of conclusion. I just felt more lead up to more shit. Yeah, 100%. I do like, I, as as is intentional for these things, it essentially starts and ends in the same place. At the end of like, Avengers Endgame, Sam is presumed to be Captain America. And at the end of this, Sam is Captain America. So if you missed the show, presumptively, you know, nothing has happened in the middle. That's a fair right, point. Right. right. If you go directly into Captain America 4, you will not feel like you missed anything. Correct. I did. I, wa- I did want to talk about something spoilery, but I don't know what the order we're going in because I wanted to talk about Sharon. I don't I don't think we're, I don't think spoilers fucking matter at this point. I think we're past it. But hey, if, if yeah, somebody's still like waiting for the spoiler warning, but here we are. Yeah, I just didn't know what we were ready to go into like specific details. Let's do it. So while watching it, I really disliked Sharon's arc in this show. I thought it was not only confusing, um, again, going back to editing, just I feel like there was a scene, a couple of scenes that were deleted that would have been really helpful. But I came to the end and maybe this is just me uh, trying to make excuses for him. But Sharon's definitely a scroll, right? Man, you beat me to saying it. Sharon is totally a scroll. Yeah. Both of the stingers at the end of both of these shows are set up for space secret invasion. She's yes. totally a scroll. It's so disappointing that that actually paid off for her being the power broker because <laughs> right. I, I, I just wanted something else to happen. They just, they, they telegraphed it too hard. Right. Yeah. Right. But, 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 the, but are they telegraphing it, Joseph? Cause she's not, Sharon yeah, Carter yeah, is not really the yeah. Uh, no, also, that that's something we I think we may have talked about when we did our first two episode thing, but there is definitely a caliber difference uh, on the show between movie actors and TV actors, and uh, I think I think uh, Sharon Carter needs to stay in TV. Yeah, she's not Emily Van Camp is definitely made for TV. I also think it's funny. I mean, it's the first time we've ever gotten someone and we're all like, oh, yeah, definitely a scroll. But what's also hilarious is they were like, who can we do? We killed Tony and Cap. You can't do (laughs) Thor. Who can Sharon Carter? That's our scroll. Everyone's favorite character that they don't remember who the fuck she is. I mean, I'm surely someone was like, hey, haven't we had a character that's been in a lot of movies, but we've never figured out anything interesting to do with? Oh, Sharon Carter. Yeah, she's a scroll. Yeah. I uh, I don't know if you guys watched the cartoon Marvel's Avengers. I think it was on like Disney XD, but it's pretty good. And right. the way they introduce Secret Invasion is like in Avengers. I think they have a mansion. I think it's Avengers Mansion. Cap goes to his room and like closes the door after saying something like really noble. And then boom, he's a scroll. Like it's a really like <laughs> shocking moment. Uh, right. But it's just not going to have the same weight when we're only using B characters. For a, a right. B is a, so generous to Sharon yeah. Carter. I, I'm, I'm assuming there will be bigger people coming than Sharon Carter. But right now we're talking D characters. Yeah. Do we want to talk about the suit? Let's talk about the suit. So, man, the the thing is, I, I, I was a huge fan of this suit in comics, you know. I don't think the the uh, Falcon is Cap story was very well executed in in uh, comics, but I looked over it because the outfit just looked so great. Uh, they should have altered it some for for movies. It does not work on screen. I think specifically they need to get rid of the part where the neck. I mean the yeah the shoulders connect to the 
to the headpiece. There uh-huh. should not be one piece because he had some Michael Keaton. I can't turn my head shit. Uh-huh. Also, it's just really bulky in the shoulders for yeah, some reason. I, you know, look, here's the thing. I, I think I, I know that all these motherfuckers have have sh- like padding in their shoulders to make them more manly and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and, and that's the thing about Anthony Mackie is he's not like in any way a small dude. Uh, right. Like he's, he's absolutely like a, a muscular guy. He's just got a naturally slender frame. Right. Uh, and so putting those shoulder pads on him just makes him look like he's trying to look like somebody who's got a big frame and it doesn't work for me at all. Right. And definitely like my grandma's shoulder pads in her, in, her, in her suit jacket. Right. And definitely him giving a speech in that outfit. Like, yeah, just God, like, I don't want to fucking talk speech. about like who thought that that was the best way to resolve that? Right. Was like, right. let me let me just like have a have a, a, a finger wagging disciplining session for a bunch of senators about a thing that I don't know anything about. And then when they say, "Hey, guy, we've been working on this for a long time. It's a little bit more complicated than you say." And he goes, "Well, maybe it is. We got to try harder." Fuck you. <laughs> Eat shit. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Go home. Also, I think. Deciding to have that conversation with him on the street right after they almost got murdered on that street is bad superheroing. Take yep. him indoors. 100%. Yeah. I, I don't dislike the suit. Uh, I think it's maybe a bit campy. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's fine. I, I was trying to think if there are worse suits in the MCU. Um, and even though we haven't seen Shang-Chi yet, that one is it probably going to take the cake. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, it, yeah, it's, it's very bright. Yeah. I, I know my wife hated I, the headband at the top there where it right. kind of like stops and whatever. But, uh, my thing is one of the things that, that I, I always notice on Anthony Mackie is he's got tiny ears for his head mm. and the, the whole, you know, the, the cowly thing, <laughs> the, the top cut out cowl that he's got going on does make his ears look closer to normal size. So I wasn't opposed to it. Well, yeah, is there a reason for that, Jehu? Like his suit having that because it's that way in the comics too, right? Yeah, no, not really. I think they just thought that looked cool, and in comics it did look cool, but I, it doesn't look cool in real life. And it's almost like the way it's designed, convertible cowl. Keep, that's what I meant to say. Fuck, keeps it makes it harder for him to like remove it to talk like. You know, in all these movies, these guys always take off their masks so they can have their big talking moments. I yeah. don't know why they decided this guy, we're going to keep his mask on. for. And I think it's just because it's made weirdly. It's it, it would be hard to take that off. You know, I don't know. I kept thinking about I don't, I, I don't recommend it, but I used to watch the Flash show. And right. that was Wally West looked extremely because he was black in that. You know, he's black in the show and. It just felt very Wally Westy to me watching right. it in this. Like, I don't know. I didn't. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. I think it's. I think it's fine. I. I think. I think the general design of it is good. They just need to tighten it up for yeah. the movie, which I'm I, sure I agree they with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how do we feel about Bucky's arc in this film? Because it's 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 a hot topic of debate on the internet why he is still called the Winter Soldier. Yeah, I, 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 that doesn't seem like a, a real thing that we need to talk about, but we can. I guess what if you go by Bucky? Does Bucky have another superhero name in the comics? Not really, no. I well, mean, I, White Wolf ahead. is what everyone else wants him to be called, but I disagree with that completely. 
I don't feel I like mean, White Wolf would sound cool, but yeah, I, I don't feel I don't... like anyone in universe calls him the Winter Soldier except for Zemo during that that bit. <laughs> uh, but I, I think it's just more of an identifier. Yeah, I really think you know Winter Soldier is he's still called Winter Soldier because they can't think of a cooler name for him. Yeah, no, that's like, exactly Winter what I think it is. is a cool name. I think I think that what people see is that Bucky came to you know Bucky yeah, yeah, I goes to this I, I know process. what the fuck the internet is saying. But That's, listen to me. Fuck, but go I know, ahead. I'm not on the internet. Uh, I think I think people are totally missing the point. Sam is supposed to figure out who he's supposed to become. Bucky is supposed to figure out who he was. Yeah. And so at the end of this show, him accepting the fact that he was the Winter Soldier is an encouragement for him to keep the fucking name Winter Soldier. Oh, Whereas like Sam figuring out. Hey, I can no longer be Falcon. I have to be Captain America inclines him to become Captain America. Like where they end up at the end of the show is one should be Captain America and one should be the Winter Soldier. If you disagree, you weren't paying attention to their fucking character arcs in this thing. I'm sorry. I almost cut you off, Christian. I thought you were going to say something stupid, but you said something smarter than what I was going to say. Good job. You're welcome. How much of your life has been wasted by you cutting me off when I was going to say something smarter than you? I, it really <laughs> isn't that much, but <laughs> uh, I don't have much else. I already yeah, no, I'm, so I'm, for, I'm pretty happy show. with that. We cut, covered 30 minutes on it. I mean, I guess my one question going out of it is I really don't know what they'll do with Winter Soldier after this. I mean, is he going to continue playing second banana to that's uh, certainly uh, what it seems like? I, I, I think that's kind of a bummer. I, I Let's get him on a yeah. spy show. Or, you know, or like, I don't know, man, maybe if they're sitting up these this Thunderbolts guy thing, maybe he's the guy to run the Thunderbolts. Maybe he's the Rick Flag. Yeah, that would be good. He obviously had a good relationship with Zemo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We ready? We good? We happy on the Falcon Winter Soldier? Sure. It's better than Transformers. I think it's better than Transformers, too. It yeah. definitely could be better, but it's still entertaining and better than Transformers. I, I totally enjoyed it. Uh, uh, better than Transformers, definitely. Cool. Well, that's it for for Falcon and the Winter Soldier or Captain America and the Winter Soldier, as it is at the end. Yeah. Uh, what have you been watching this past week, guys? So I was going to do like a rant on Super Sentai because, you know, I again, I hung out with the Landers and he told me to watch it. And but then I watched real crap that I feel like I should talk about instead. Okay. Um, so I got a I got a new cell phone last week. So I got a like a year of Apple TV. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna watch some Apple TV shit. And because I am the resident parrot on this podcast, I had to re up my dad card. So I watched that Tom Hanks World War II movie, Greyhound. It's pretty good. I liked it uh, quite a bit. Um, more than I thought I was going to. It's hyper realistic and. Uh, it's probably not something everyone would enjoy, especially because like when I say it's hyper realistic, there are there's two locations. It's the the bridge of a battleship and it's or the radar room of a battleship. And like the radar room will be like enemy target 14, you know, 100 meters starboard bow. And then someone on the bridge will be like enemy target 1400 meters starboard bow. And then someone will be like rudder hard left rudder hard left. And it's just that for like 25 minutes at a time. Um, it's very much probably what a naval battle in World War II was like. Um, Ian said he watched it. He thought it was really boring because there's like they're, they're not action scenes. When you're fighting a submarine in the water, it's not like how Michael Bay would shoot that. It's just like you're standing on the side, basically waiting to get blown up or maybe possibly blowing that submarine up and you can't see it. So you don't really know until 
there's debris floating up from the bottom of the ocean. Um, but I think it's better than Transformers. I liked it. And then I also watched Ted Lasso. And that's the greatest fucking show of all. Everybody time. loves that shit. It's I hear stupid. it's really good. Stupid good. Um, it It is the it's like watching Bob Ross. But people say fucking cunt. Um, <laughs> it's just the most hopeful, optimistic, happy go lucky. You can be the change in the world if you want to be, you know, how powerful a positive attitude is. And that sounds like crap, but man, I cried like five times. That's shit we need in our lives. Yes, it's ridiculously just positive. Like, it just feels good watching it. It's got a great cast. And I mean, Jason Sudeikis can do no wrong in my mind. Uh, I, I can't recommend it. I know I know the Internet has been in love with it for like a year and I'm really behind to it. But uh, it was I binged it all in like five hours. I couldn't stop watching. It's great. Way better than Transformers. Can't recommend it enough. That's it. All right, man. So this week I was so close to having something relevant to talk about. There, there was a thing and there was like, you know, like people are writing hit pieces about it on the Internet. And I had an interest in it and I was going to talk about it. But then my favorite band ever put out a record. So I'm going to talk about that instead. OK, um, so uh, my favorite band of all time is a band called Dinosaur Jr. And, uh, you know, I'm going to do a little uh, a little bit of autobiography to explain why this is my favorite band of all time. You know, I, I got into like punk rock stuff uh, kind of early you know, just because of skateboarding and geography, I grew up around some older kids. Um, and, um, you know, but by the time I got into it, punk rock was really over. And for that matter, it's offshoots, hardcore and post-punk were over too. But, uh, but you know, I got really into that shit. And I specifically got into like sort of gothy post-punk, like the Smiths and the Cure and things like that. And, um, but one thing I never understood about those kids is that they always sort of hated classic rock and they sort of hated the bombast of classic rock and they really hated guitar solos and i was always like man i would love this music but it would be even cooler with a killer guitar solo and i was kind of waiting to find that band and then i found dinosaur jr uh dinosaur jr is a three-piece band from massachusetts mainly the brainchild of a guy named jay mascus who uh writes most of the songs, sings and plays guitar. Uh, he's known for playing very loud and doing a lot of innovative stuff with guitar pedals, specifically layering fuzz and stuff. And it was just my shit. Uh, my first encounter with it was a friend of mine stole a tape out of somebody's car and gave it to me, which is a pretty cool way to first encounter a band. And uh, man, I, you know, I just love them. And I, and I, I don't think they've ever put out a bad record. Now, I might be, you know, biased, but I, I, I don't think they've ever put anything less than a great record. Out. And the newest record is no exception. Uh, they released three songs before it came out, and they try, kind of tried to make it seem like they were shipping it out a new door. One of them had sort of a quieter country rock bill uh, feel. One of them had sort of a, a, a slow emo-y feel. And the third one was like, uh, like a piano jam so i was like oh shit they're gonna ship it out a new door they totally do not ship it out a new door it's big loud guitar jams if i'm gonna recommend this band to you i'm i've got to say from the beginning if great vocals is important to you this is not the fucking band for you uh jay sings in a sort of 
you know, Neil Youngie-esque twang. If you've ever enjoyed American Idol, you will not enjoy this band. But <laughs> I, I fucking love them. And I love them. As a matter of fact, this is probably the patient zero of why I don't really care about good singers. And almost good singers kind of bore me. Uh, you know, if, if you've never checked out Dinosaur Jr., I would say check out, before you're checking out this new one, check out probably Bug. That's not their best record. Their best record is You're Living All Over Me. But Bug is more accessible than You're Living All Over but if you want to go straight into this one or just try a song off of it i would say the best track on it off of it is probably i met the stones track number two uh and you know it's a song about he met the stones he doesn't seem to be a guy who usually writes songs about himself very much uh you know people bag on on wonderwall they say that wonderwall is like oh that's not really about anything it's just a bunch of words and i think that's the strength of wonderwall you when you're listening to wonderwall it's about what you need it to be about and uh i think that's the case with most of his songs so it was kind of it was kind of crazy to do a song that is like just seems specifically i'm telling you a story about my life yeah but uh but yeah, um, you know, Dinosaur Jr., better than Transformers. The new album, uh, Sweeping Into Space, better than Transformers. Cool, cool. Uh, well, I don't have very much to talk about. I, uh, I watched a Oscar movie this week. I watched uh, Promising Young Woman in advance of the Oscars. And now I regret it because it was such a waste of... Or the, the Oscars were a waste of my time. The movie's pretty good. <laughs> I, I know I just talked like 10 minutes uninterrupted, but I'm just, I'm just going to say, I think that's maybe the problem with the Oscars this year. I think most of the voters watched a Oscar movie. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's a pretty good movie. You know, I love Carrie Mulligan. Uh, you know, it's kind of a, a rape revenge story kind of uh, to shine a spotlight on the weird expectations we place on women uh, in sexual assault and sexual assault accusations and that kind of thing. It's good. I think it does a relatively good job of making its point, though maybe kind of muddled at certain points during the plot. Uh, but it's worth watching. But I don't think it should have won Best Picture, and it didn't. That's fine. <laughs> right. Uh, the only other thing, I'm not even going to talk about it, actually. You know what? We got one more week of Invincible. I need you motherfuckers to watch Invincible and talk to me about it. I, I'm going to try to watch an episode of Invincible tonight. I've, I've been putting it off for whatever reason, but I want to watch it. Yeah, the last one comes out this coming week. It's really good. It's gruesome, but I, I think it's got an interesting take. But next week, do we know what we're doing next week? No. No idea. We'll do something next week. Maybe Mortal Kombat. Who knows? Mortal uh, <laughs> but thank you guys for listening. Uh, please rate, subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at realphoniesgmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at Real Phonies. Thanks to Zach Evans for art and Brian Velasquez for our theme. We'll see you guys later. Later. Later.